What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. The huge news out of Auburn as the Tigers part ways with head coach Brian Harson. not even two full years into his tenure there. Also, Auburn poaches Mississippi State uh, for their athletic director, John Cohen. Florida boots Brenton Cox off the football team. Injury updates going on all around the conference. Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start... With the big news nugget to come down early Monday morning. First, it was Auburn making the move for their athletic director and former Mississippi State AD John Cohen. Cohen stepped down from his position in Starkville and takes over for departed athletic director Alan Green, who left Auburn in late August. We'll get to more on John Cohen in just a bit, but the bigger, even bigger news came later Monday morning as Auburn announced they had officially fired Head coach Brian Harson. The statement from the school read, Auburn has decided to make a change in leadership of the football program. Auburn will begin an immediate search for a coach that will return the Auburn program to a place where it is consistently competing at the highest levels and representing the winning tradition that is Auburn football. Brian Harson went 9-12 in his head coaching tenure at Auburn, not even finishing his second full season on the Plains. He will receive a hefty buyout. Harson's contract called for if he was fired before December 31st of this year, he is due 70% of his annual salary. This is according to BetMGM. They said uh, his original contract, $24.4 million. He will get approximately $15 million of that in a buyout. From Chris Vanini on Twitter, he said, between Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson, Auburn will have played or paid around $37 million to buy a two head coaches since 2020. That's not even including their staff. Harson had nearly the exact same buyout clause as Gus Malzahn. Again, that's from Chris Vanini saying he'll be owed around $15.5 million, 50% of it within 30 days, no offset if he takes another job. As uh, Brian Fisher noted, Auburn has paid roughly $37 million in football head coaching buyouts in the past 687 days. That's roughly $54,000 a day. But look, I think of most people, if you're being honest with yourself, even if you're not an Auburn fan, you have to admit that a change needed to be made. The program was not headed the right direction. We understand that it was some other people who made the Brian Harson hiring and Alan Green is gone now and he took a flyer on a guy who performed very well at Boise State. Had a great run there. Just wasn't cut out for the SEC. And after their loss to Arkansas on Saturday, the third straight season, Auburn has suffered at least five losses. Former Auburn player Big Cat Bryant, he jumped onto social media to take a shot. He said a simple comment, quote, and y'all wonder why I left. 
Paquette Bryant was a uh, second-team All-SEC defensive lineman at Auburn, followed Gus Malzahn over to UCF. Cole Kublik, of course, to the SEC Network and former Auburn player himself, he took to social media and said, can't excuse the performance. The move was inevitable. Harson can coach. He was put in a situation that offered a very low chance of success. I hate it for the players that the focal point surrounding them over the last month of this season likely won't have too much to do with them. Uh, we already saw a little bit of fallout. Their three-star offensive line commit, Janoris Wilson, announced on Twitter he was decommitting due to the uh, Harson firing. Look, that's just one of those things that are going to happen. When you make a coaching change, guys who were committed to play for that coach are going to decommit. But when you look back at, you know, really this run with, with Harson, you can't help but wonder, man, what could have been? Auburn had the eight-point loss up at Penn State last year in Harson's third game of the season. They lose 28-20. Remember Bo Nix, they, uh, they had a chance, you know, they're late. They weren't able to get it done. But despite that loss, they started the season 4-1, including a win at LSU. They beat LSU in Death Valley, where Bo Nix, you know, was unstoppable with his arm and his legs that night. They get blown up by Georgia, bounce back to win at Arkansas, and beat Ole Miss. At this, on this exact date, one year ago, Brian Harson was sitting at 6-2 with Auburn 3-1 in the conference and still everything ahead of them to play for. There were talks of, man, if they could just win out, if they could win that Iron Bowl, as unlikely as it seems, maybe they could have a chance to do some damage. Well, they end up losing to AM the next week. They lose to Mississippi State the week after, and then they lose out South Carolina. Keep in mind, that was when Bo Nix was hurt and out, and they had to start TJ Finley, and it started, looked promising early, and then they went on to lose. But all that said, they were 6-5, and five, Going into that Iron Bowl in Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium and had a chance to beat Alabama. In fact, if Tank Bigsby just goes down inbounds, they beat Alabama. Instead, Bryce Young pulls off a miracle. They go down the field the final minute. They tie the game. They send it to overtime, and Auburn loses in four overtimes. They fall to 6-6, and 3-5 and on the season. And then they lose in the Birmingham Bowl against Houston. Again, TJ Finley was limited. If if they do anything else in that game, they, you know, go on a scoring drive, they could win that bowl game. And still, you would feel a little bit optimistic about Harson. Instead, it's a five-game losing streak to finish out the season. And the natives are restless. Look, even if they lose to AM Mississippi State, South Carolina in the backstretch of last season, if he wins the Iron Bowl he gets a big vote of confidence from the fan base and they believe in what he's doing. So we come into this season with all the turmoil of, oh man, they were thinking about firing. Oh, he saved his job, losing coordinators left and right, losing players to the transfer portal. That said, they still start the season 2-0. They beat Mercer, they beat San Jose State. They play a competitive half with Penn State, but then they get absolutely demolished in the second half. They bounce back the next week for that weird overtime win over Missouri, the game that they probably shouldn't have won. Then they play LSU pretty competitive, jump out to a 17-0 lead only to see that evaporate and lose. They play Georgia tough for a half this year, then get blown out in the second half. They played Ole Miss pretty tough, didn't quit, but still lose by double digits. And then they played Arkansas kind of tough for the first half and then let it slip away this past week. So, look, 
I'll give the players credit. It, they looked like they cared. They looked like they were still fighting and playing hard. But ultimately, wins matter in this conference. And again, 9-12, and 12, Brian Harson's tenure at Auburn. It will not be remembered fondly. And so now the focus shifts. Who will be the next Auburn head coach? And so many different names being thrown out there. The Opelika Auburn News has come out with 22 candidates nationally. It's just names that they've put out there. A lot of those names you've heard. Liberty's Hugh Freeze, who, by the way, has a big one at Arkansas. If he really wants to impress SEC folks and Auburn folks, he can win that one. Uh, Jackson State's Deion Sanders, who just had college game day on his campus a week ago, doing a good job of recruiting and generating a lot of attention. Could he bring that to Auburn? And some other dark horse names. Matt Rule, who was recently fired from the Carolina Panthers. Dave Aranda of Baylor has been thrown out. One quick note on Hugh Freeze. He did just sign a contract extension at Liberty a week ago that would pay him $5 million per season for eight years. So that one might be a little bit tough. And Deion Sanders has said he would listen about openings on Power 5 jobs. I think he even said it on ESPN this past week. And then some other names that the Obelika Auburn News threw out there that I just think are worth paying attention to. Uh, Todd Munkin. Georgia offensive coordinator, I think, is an interesting one. Will Muschamp, Georgia co-defensive coordinator. Look, Will Muschamp, obviously, the the connections to Auburn, he's been there before as a coordinator, and uh, but doesn't feel like the time has passed for him being a head coach in the SEC once again. Uh, Bill O'Brien, Alabama offensive coordinator, is one to look at. Mark Stoops, done a fantastic job at Kentucky. Is Auburn, do they provide something he can't get at Kentucky? One name that I really like, and I will keep an eye on, Alex Golish, the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, doing a fantastic job working in tandem with Josh Heupel. Got that offense on fire. I think he would be a very safe pick. I think Golish could be a good head coach in the SEC. Jeff Grimes, the Baylor offensive coordinator, another name. And then just a few other names they threw out there, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina, and Liam Cohen First-year Rams offense coordinator who was Kentucky's OC a year ago and did a good job there with Will Levis. That offense has not looked as good this year with Liam Cohen gone. So just some initial names that have been thrown out there, and we'll see where Auburn goes. But who, if you're an Auburn fan, would make the biggest splash? If you're not an Auburn fan and you're an SEC fan, who do you want to see Auburn hire that maybe wouldn't scare you as much? I'm sure some fans may be saying, well, Muschamp would be one that would not scare them. Uh, Todd Munkin or Bill O'Brien. Again, uh, there may be some dark horse names that haven't come to light, but those are just some of the initial names. We'll get back to uh, John Cohen here in just a second as uh, we bring you some other news going on around the conference. But I want to remind you, thanks again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Look, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. And when I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it's got to be Tennessee's dominant win over Kentucky. They won 44-6 to in Knoxville. Hendon Hooker threw three touchdowns, two of them to Jalen Hyatt, as he had 138 yards receiving and continues to lead the SEC in receiving yards. But it was that Vol defense absolutely crushing the Kentucky offense, holding Will Levis to under 100 yards passing and picking him off not once, not twice, but three times. 
impressive dominant win for Tennessee. The segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Run along here, locked on SEC, and we got plenty more to get into. And I was just talking about John Cohen, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, reporting yesterday that Cohen informed Mississippi State of his resignation, and the expectation was he would be named Auburn athletic director after finalizing a deal over the weekend. Now, Dellinger went on to say, if you're looking for one reason why John Cohen left his alma mater, it is NIL. He said Auburn's collective has raised or at least pledged around $13 million in NIL money. Mississippi State is way behind that, according to Dellinger. He went on to say, sitting in Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin's office back in May, he said that from here on out, one of the top determinations for coaches and moving jobs will be a school's NIL collective situation. But he also said we'll see that from ADs as well. This is now part of the resources discussion according to Ross Dellinger. Your school's got to be on top of this NIL stuff. And the athletic directors get it. If we're not, pay, if we're not helping uh, bring money to the student-athletes, we're not going to get said student-athletes. Dellinger noted that uh, John Cohen's replacement at Mississippi State will be a highly sought-after position. Three sitting group of eight, uh, five ADs have close ties to Mississippi State. Georgia Southern's Jared Banco, San Diego State's John David Wicker, and Eastern Michigan's Scott Weatherby, all connections to Auburn. So we will see if any of those, or Mississippi State rather, we'll see if any of those folks get uh, considered for that job at Auburn. Uh, like we said, made a move for John Cohen, but according to one report from the Arkansas business, they went after another current sitting SEC AD. Apparently, according to this report, Auburn offered the AD job to Hunter Juracek of Arkansas, offering him $2 million, but the Razorbacks made moves to keep Juracek, who received a raise and contract extension. University of Arkansas System spokesman Nate Hinkle said Monday he could not confirm the details of the offer that were provided to Arkansas Business, uh, but Hinkle sent an email, I am confirming that an offer was made and that as a result, recent negotiations have taken place to return, retain A.D. Hunter Juracek. The details are a new five-year contract starting January 1st, where Juracek's annual salary will be raised from $1.25 million to $1.5 million with deter deferred compensation of a quarter of a million from private funds. So some big news there for Arkansas. They almost tried to poach your A.D. Instead, they go poach Mississippi State's. Now, the other big story that came out Monday was just tons of big SEC news coming out with John Cohen leaving Mississippi State for Auburn and Auburn firing Brian Harson. The coaching search underway. How about the Florida Gators? It's been a pretty rough up and down season for them. Billy Napier at his Monday press conference confirmed that Brenton Cox Jr. was dismissed from the team. Napier said, we've kind of decided to move on here. I think that being a football player at the University of Florida is a privilege. There are certain expectations and standards that come with that. Brenton's been here in his third year, obviously. He's done a lot of good things for this school, and we wish him nothing but the best. But sometimes you have to make decisions in the best interest of the team. We're going to do everything we can to help Brenton with his transition. 
Napier said. Billy Napier not sharing specifics on what happened with Brenton Cox Jr. He said it's, quote, a cumulative effect. He also said it's, quote, healthy, a healthy thing for our team. Brenton Cox, a redshirt junior, leads the teams, the team with eight tackles for a loss this year, 35 total tackles, two sacks, nine quarterback hurries in his eight games played this year. Cox began his career at Georgia before he transferred to Florida under Dan Mullen. He's one of the more experienced players around. He's appeared in 45 games since he was a freshman in 2018. Made 41 tackles each in 2020 and 2021. He started at the uh, jack spot, the buck linebacker spot throughout his career. And uh, his defensive grade of 68.4 ranks ninth on Florida's defense amongst players with 20 or more snaps, according to Pro Football Focus. So Florida now going to lean on some guys like Justice Boone, Lloyd Summerall, Antoine Ryland Powell, all those guys at that edge position as they try to finish out their final four games of the season. But again, uh, when you have ups and downs of the season and losses start to mount, you always have issues that arise. And it sounds like Billy Napier doing what's best for the team here. As he said, quote, it's a healthy thing for our team. And uh, kind of that other quote that stands out is him saying, I think being a football player at the University of Florida is a privilege. So maybe some shots fired there at uh, Brenton Cox Jr. But he has finished his career at Florida. We'll see where he ends up. All right. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we need to hit on some injury news going on in some other schools around the conference that coming your way in just a second. But first. I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Sweat Block. We've been telling you about them. It is, uh, if you're one of those people that suffers from uh, sweating in your armpits or just over-sweating, whatever, wet circles under your arms, you can get your wet life back because of Sweat Block. If you go check them out at their website, uh, just search Sweat Block. They will give you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. Their Sweat Block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, you need to go try them out. Sweat Block. They've got the underarm uh, deodorant stick that you can use or the wipes, and they will get you started today. You can even use them you know, wherever you have issues sweating on your body, but particularly underarm sweat. That's the most noticeable. That's the most embarrassing. And can ruin some of your shirts as well. Sweat Block's here to help you out. Again, if you're someone uh, you love is experiencing this, go try out Sweat Block. You can save 20% off with our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at sweatblock.com. They're also available on Amazon as well. Just search Sweat Block and make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That'll get you 20% off, sweatblock.com. Continue on here, Locked On SEC, and we still got more we got to jump into here uh, as we finish off with the latest news going on around the conference. And we'll head over to Arkansas first as Sam Pittman revealed during his meeting with the media on Monday that Arkansas running back Dominique Johnson suffered a torn ACL in practice after making a cut against air. It's not the first time Johnson has sustained this type of injury. He previously played in three games totaling eight rushing attempts for 43 yards. His most recent appearance in that 40-17 loss to Mississippi State. Razorbacks are set to take on Liberty coming up next Saturday, 3 p.m. Central. So best of uh, wishes to Dominique Johnson. Meanwhile, 
over at Kentucky, Mark Stoops giving an update on linebacker DeAndre Square ahead of their game this Saturday against Missouri. And Stoops said Square is doubtful. He was not listed on this week's depth chart after he left the Tennessee game with an ankle injury in the first half, returned to the sidelines in a walking boot and on crutches. Stoops said, you don't know. Put some medicine in there, ice it up, maybe, but the chances are he's not going to play. DeAndre has been a great leader. He'll still have a great impact, and Trevin Wallace will step up and play well. Square had three tackles before he was sidelined. He's Kentucky's leading tackler with 55 this season, 12th in the SEC. Also has three tackles for a loss, a sack, and a game-clinching interception against Mississippi State, the third of his career in that game. Uh, Square made 11 tackles and a half tackle for a loss. He was named co-defensive player of the week in the SEC after that game. So uh, tough news there for DeAndre Square. Going to be out for some time for Kentucky, it sounds like. And then over at Georgia, the Bulldogs getting ready for their biggest test of the season, going up against the undefeated Tennessee Volunteers. Kirby Smart, talking with the media on Monday, shared the latest on Nolan Smith following a serious injury to the star linebacker in Saturday's win over Florida. On Monday, Smart said Nolan Smith suffered a pectoral muscle injury. And while Georgia did an MRI on the injury, the medical staff still getting opinions about it. Smart said, quote, it does not look good. He'll probably be doubtful for this week. After the game, Smart said it appeared he suffered a separated shoulder after he left the game in the first half. He had two tackles, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hurry in the game. He's a vocal leader for the Bulldogs. Key player on the field for them. Leads Georgia with three sacks. Has 18 tackles and a team-high seven tackles for a loss. Started all eight games. Also has a team-high 18 quarterback hurries. So, uh, Nolan Smith, another key piece of that Georgia defense that they may be without as injuries have just really nipped Georgia's defense uh, in the butt this year. And luckily, it hasn't cost them yet, but they've got to be ready and on their business this weekend with the Tennessee Volunteers coming to town, basically for the SEC East crown on the line. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. There's so much happening, and we'll have more to talk about throughout the week. Reminder to go check out uh, some of our other great podcasts. I know uh, our buddy Brandon Olson from Locked on Gators has been all over the Brenton Cox news. And our buddy Brian or uh, Zach Blackerby, host of uh, Locked on Auburn, he has been all over the Brian Harson firing. And so if you want more on that, go check those guys out. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You guys have a great day.